Hey guys, you're listening to episode 164 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Had a little twang to it today. Today we're chatting about the no foods for keto. Still addicted to sugar and what the heck we're supposed to do about it. Dealing with food, shame and guilt and so much more. If you're triggered by conversations about like disordered eating and stuff, you might want to skip today's episode. I always like to preface that just in case like we do talk about binge eating and like if people talking about it is triggering for you, maybe skip this episode. It's sort of like, oh man, when we're driving and somebody's holding a cigarette out of the window and just like flicking it. That is so triggering for me. I I like want to pull over at a 7-Eleven and buy 500 packs of cigarettes and just like smoke them nonstop and drink all the Diet Coke. Yes, for real, I said it. I used to be a smoker. I smoked at least like minimum a pack a day, usually a little bit more than a pack a day, like a pack and a half-ish. And I would have like cigarettes in my car. I just smoked all the time, it felt like. And I always, always drank a Diet Coke. And then what was the one? Oh, a Coca-Cola Zero. That was like my drink of choice. I drank, I smoked. It was great. And then I met Kevin and he meant a lot to me. I met him in, um, when was that? I guess October, 2007. Yeah. October, 2007. And by about January, we were flying out to meet his mom for the first time. And I was so nervous. We flew out to Vancouver from Calgary, or Victoria rather, from Calgary, Alberta. I was so scared. I even bought a really nice mom sweater, <laughs> like to impress her. I wanted like a really nice sweater where she'd be like, wow, that girl, she's got, she's got great taste. She's going to be great for my son. And weeks before we were about to meet his mom, Kevin said, you can't smoke around my mom. Like you cannot be a smoker. Like my mom will not be okay with it. She used to smoke. She can't have the smell of smoke in her house. Like she's really going to judge you. You like have to do something about it. You probably have to quit. You should quit. Yeah. You should quit before you meet my mom. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And I quit just like that. So anytime Kevin's giving me a hard time about like, I'm too busy at work or, you know, like we have this thing, like you need to love me better. Like just love me better. I'm like, dude, I quit smoking for your mom because I loved you so much. Like how many months into the relationship? Like four months. After four months of seeing each other, I quit smoking for you. That is love. But you know, it's it's really, really important that we understand what our triggers are and that we stand up for ourselves and we set boundaries about that. And we're going to be chatting about that in today's episode. Now, if you have questions about today's content, you can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. I got a couple of announcements for you. The first super awesome one is that my newest book, Keto for Women, just launched. It came out on June 18th. If you already pre-ordered a copy, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Please, please take a moment to leave a review on whatever site or whatever bookstore you bought it from. It really does go a long way and it helps so, so, so much more than you could ever know. Also, if you see the book anywhere or you want to take a selfie with yourself with the book, I'm donating 25 cents to upwithwomen.org to a max of $1,000 when the book is shared on social media using the hashtag keto for women. If you guys aren't familiar with Up With Women, 
They are dedicated to helping recently homeless and at-risk women to rebuild their lives. And the cycle of homelessness and poverty can be extraordinarily difficult to escape. Up With Women gives skills and opportunities to break the cycle for these women. So not only by sharing hashtag keto for women, selfie with the book or in stores or whatever, I don't care, just share it. Not only are we getting to donate 25 cents every time there's a share, but you are also entered to win $1,000 for Amazon, no matter where you are, open to all the people, just share it. We'll try to raise awareness for this organization, which is just so great. And what a better way to do it than with a woman's uh, health book. So I'm pretty excited about it. Also, last time I launched a book, I went on a 38 city book tour. It was crazy. It was so awesome. I loved it. I wish I could just be on tour for the rest of my life, but sadly I do have a life and that includes making a bunch of stuff to the point where I can't get away from work right now (laughs) and just life. So I won't be going on a tour, but I did the next best thing. I did a bunch of video tours in April and May and into the beginning of June. And you can watch all those videos where I read from the book, answer questions. So I'm going to include the link to watch all of those in today's episode. All you got to do is go to ketodietpodcast.com. Look for episode 164 and you can watch all the videos and follow along. Okay, let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women so you can burn fat, balance your hormones and heal your body. Starting and maintaining keto can be challenging without the right support. So just for listening to the podcast, I want to give you 20% off the keto beginning with the coupon code keto podcast. That's all one word. This 30-day program gives you a clear step-by-step how-to so you can quickly adapt to a ketogenic diet, avoid common struggles, and get the results you crave. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash begin to get your keto beginning discount today. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet, founder of HappyKetoBody.com, or maybe you know me as the nutritionist that likes dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thanks so much for listening. Our guest today is Tanya Willis, who's a wife and mom, the author of Cookie Dough in the Dark, an ace personal trainer and nutrition coach, among many other things. She had many issues dealing with the scale going up and down, a muffin top that wouldn't disappear, emotional eating binges that did not involve carrots, and struggling with insecurity and anxiety. Through all of this, Tanya just wanted to feel normal. She shares her story in hopes that others feel less alone. So let's cut over to today's interview. Hey, Tanya, how are you? I'm great, Leanne, and thank you so much for having me here today. I am so inspired from you over the years of just, oh, oh, where's my book? Oh, look, oh. <laughs> from your fat fuel that oh I printed gosh. off in like two, th- I even have it dated, like I think it's 2016. That's so, so an cool. inspiration to me for over the years, so I thank you. Oh, that's so cool. I, that's what, this is why I love my job because I get to connect with really cool people like you and just chat about all the awesome things. Like how crazy is this? <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I like to ask all my guests before we get started, what does keto mean to you? Okay. So being a recovered sugar addicted person, uh, it means freedom. Uh, freedom from binging, erratic moods, hangry episodes, 
and just learning how it's not necessarily about getting rid of all sugar and being completely sugarless, but how to add those healthy fats into my diet, which was so helpful. And I never understood about balancing blood sugars because you just think if you stop trying to eat something, it will fix you when it's just the principles of learning keto and the healthy fats were just like, ah. yes, completely. I, I totally agree with you. And I think it's really good that you mentioned it's not about completely removing. Would you agree? Like it's not about completely removing something. It's about that relationship that we have and the healthy behaviors that we have. Would that be fair to say? Oh, oh absolutely. And you know what? When I was stuck in it, all I could think about was trying not to eat it. And then I realized that doesn't work. I mean, that took me a long time to figure that out because we're like, I'll start on Monday. Or even when I was doing a coaching call with somebody last night, she said, I knew we were going to start tonight. So I ate 12 cookies today. Right. And so just that whole diet mentality shift of just letting that go. And for me, addition has always worked better than restriction or trying to force something out. So really just, but I'll tell you, it took me a long time to get that in. And, you know, I grew up as you with the whole no fat, low fat craze, right? So again, shifting that mindset to enjoying a whole avocado or adding MCT oil to your shakes or, you know, that was a shift as well. Yeah, it's really great that you mentioned that actually. Back to today's episode in a sec. ButcherBox features 100% grass-fed and finished heritage-bred pork and organic free-range chicken. ButcherBox sends you high-quality, health-promoting meats directly to your door on dry ice and free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. ButcherBox makes committing to quality protein sources less expensive and more available to everyone. Their prices are hard to beat, and it's challenging to find a higher quality product anywhere in the USA. I've been using ButcherBox for years and love the convenience of a package showing up just when I need it, and their ground sausage is an absolute dream. ButcherBox has put together a super special deal for all listeners of the show. Order your first box and get a special gift plus an additional $20 off. Now, this special gift is so epic that I can't even mention it on the episode today. So you'll have to go to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get your $20 off your very first order. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get $20 off your first order. If you're unsure of the link, simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. I was doing um, a shoot the other day and the photographer was chatting about um, her husband who needed to eat an antihistamine diet. And she's like, he can't have this. He can't have this. He can't have this. And I can't do this. And I can't do this and this. And I'm like, wait. And I like, stop everything. <laughs> Listen to yourself right now because... Yeah, of course, he can't have a lot of things. But if all you're focusing on what he can't have, how the heck are you supposed to know what to feed this man? <laughs> like, let's shift the the conversation and, and let's put together a list of all the things he can have, the things you can prepare, the things you can do, because then it's really a roadmap to all the things you, you can do. And so that feels a lot better. It does feel a lot better. And actually, in, when I'm working with people now, what I do say is send me all the things you love like all the vegetables you love, the fats you love, like send me the things you love, not the things you can't have or that you think you shouldn't have, but let's work with all the things you already love and start to tweak those. So yeah, that's awesome. I like that strategy. So before being introduced to keto, what was your biggest 
obstacle? Like what was your life then and how has it changed to now? Oh, well, I basically had like chronic bronchitis for 30 years. So that was not good. And just overeating, we actually talk about this a little bit later, but overeating and sugar binges, but that stemmed from, and I talk about it in my book, Cookie Dough in the Dark, that stemmed from not feeling enough, not feeling adequate enough. And so those, and I used food to feel that void, which I didn't again know until later, but definitely the, you know, just that constant thinking about food all the time. And, and when I say I coughed, I coughed for decades. So just that, I don't know if anybody has that sugar lung, you know, it's just so dry. Right. And I never wanted to accept that it was about food. You know, you always blame the weather or something else that your nose is sniffling or that you're coughing or so I think that the, the biggest obstacle was probably between my ears what was going on in here and what does your version of keto look like now because it sounds like you know you got fat fueled you've been at this for a while perhaps it's changed from when you first started keto to now what was that transition like and um, how is it different now well, like most things, when I got your book, this is how I kind of do things. Instead of doing an all or nothing, because I know it doesn't work, I found the things that worked for me. But then you listen to other people and they're like, oh, it's a, you're 100% keto. And then you feel like a failure because you're not doing everything 100%. So I let that go. And what I did start with was a lot of, I call them fat lattes. So I would have those in the morning with the MCT oil, the hemp seeds, the cinnamon. I loved them. And I shared them with my clients. And there's so many great recipes. Then I basically started adding everything into my smoothie, the MCT oil, and you know some some kale was in it this morning with some spinach, and just so the the fat latte kind of transitioned more into my smoothie. And what it looks like for me is just making sure I have healthy fats with every meal now. So like getting avocados in, some nuts, just grass more grass fed meats, like healthier choices. And learning how to balance my blood sugars. So trying new recipes. I actually had your carrot sticks last night again. I love those. And also realizing it's it's not a dramatic difference from what we're already eating. It's sometimes just tweaks, right? So yeah, like just the minorest little tweak, like even a great example of this is uh, since it's been so hot where I am, my latte has turned into a cold coffee because ain't no way I'm going to drink hot coffee in the morning. Um, and I started adding, I started to notice that my energy got a little bit weird around 11 o'clock, about two hours after drinking my latte, I just felt a little bit flat. And I've been writing books and doing a lot of things. And I thought, what if I started adding cordyceps to my fatty coffee? So I just add a teaspoon of cordyceps to each cup. So it wasn't a matter of what should I do not drink a latte? No, let's keep the latte going, like my cold coffee latte thing. And I'll just add a teaspoon of cordyceps. And wouldn't you believe it? Two days later, I had great energy all the way through the day. So that's a great example of just a small tweak. It doesn't mean reinventing the wheel. It's like, you got the wheel. Let's just make it just a tiny bit better. So yes. Exactly. And, and the other thing I also, because when you are addicted to sugar, you are constantly hungry. Like it is, you are thinking about food. When are you going to get your next hit? Can't leave the house without anything. And then, so when I started to add these healthy fats in, 
And then I was like, people would say to me in the past, oh my God, I don't eat all day. I'm like, I don't even understand that. I, I have no concept of that. And then when I started to add healthy fats in, and I would do intermittent fasting without forcing myself, like just, I would be like, oh my gosh, I actually understand what they're talking about. Like, I am not controlled by food anymore. And wow, is that ever free? That is so free. I, it's just, it almost brings tears to my eyes because unless you've understood how controlling food is, it, it's just uh, freedom. Yes. And what inspired you to write Cookie Dough in the Dark? How did that come about? Can you tell us more about that? You know what? I just had a vision in my 20s. I was going to write a book and it just started from there. And then when I had children, so they're teenagers now, I just started to journal different things about how, and I really, that was like an aha moment for me because when you're single or married, well, even just single, you can get away with more things. And then you get married and you, you make a whole batch of cookies and you eat them all. And then they're like, well, where are the cookies? And you're like, oh, I ate them all. There's that shame. And so, but I couldn't really talk about it. So I'd write about it. And then I had children and I was exhausted because I, I couldn't keep eating the sugar. I was having the blood sugar drops. Then I was working out to burn off the sugar. And I was like, okay, Tanya, you seriously need to change here. So I, I started to wake up and I started to notice when I was getting, like when I was craving sugar. So if I was frustrated or angry or tired or all these things, I just kept, kept keeping track of them. And I actually yesterday just threw away all my rough notes. I had piles of just handwritten, typed out, threw them all in the garbage because I'm like, okay, it's ready to let all that go. And, you know, it transpired into my book, um, which came out this year. And I just made a decision last year. Uh, I was listening to a lady chat about her book and I thought, you know what? I either take my book and do something with it or it's just going to sit here and nobody's going to know about it. So I basically dove in and, you know, contacted somebody and blah, blah, blah. The whole process started. So that's how that happened. And what do you hope that people will get from reading your book and your experience? So when uh, the feedback I've gotten from my book is that a lot of people are like, you're real, you're authentic, you're vulnerable, you really like lay it on the table. You're not perfect because when I thought I was perfect, do you ever go through those moments and you're like, this is it. Like nothing's ever going to like take me off this pedestal. And then something happens and you go down and you don't want to share that with anybody. I know I, I've listened to your journey. So I know, I know you've had moments like that. Like everybody has, but then you're, Oh my God, I'm a failure. And I just laid it all out. And then I just realistically talked about all the things you have to do. I talk about food, but I talk about what's going on in here because you can't, I always equate a lot of things to holding a beach ball underneath water. You can only hold a beach ball underneath water for so long before it explodes. So the idea is not to get the beach ball underneath the water and that's your beliefs and your mindset and your excuses and waking up and being present. I love that analogy. That is probably the most perfect analogy I've ever heard about that whole relationship with food, body, diet, everything. Like I remember doing that as a kid and you, you literally can't keep it underwater. Like your whole body is on it. And then all of a sudden a wave comes, you flip over and the beach ball goes whoop, yeah. right up in the air. <laughs> totally. Oh, that's so great. I love that. And, and it's so at least for me and my experience with food, body, shame, guilt, all of those things, it's so perfectly explains what that experience is like. And I think 
a lot of us hold a lot of shame and guilt around binge eating or quote unquote eating too much. And so we, you know, especially for me, like I found keto because a doctor told me that maybe a low carb diet would be helpful for me. And then I discovered keto might be even better. But after realizing just how powerful a diet this was and how much weight I could lose, I lost sense of the reason why I started from the very beginning. And then there was all the binging and all the guilt and all the things. How does one, you know, I experienced this on a ketogenic diet where I was still completely addicted to sugar and loved eating all the foods, but also hated it for my, you know, because I hated myself for doing all those things. How do we navigate that? Because I know a lot of women listening are on a ketogenic diet. They love the way that they feel, but they are still binging and feeling this guilt. Like, how do we, how do we overcome this? So one thing I say to people is let go of dieting, completely let go of dieting, right? Whatever it is. And focus on building a strong foundation. So when you are eating something, figure out how it's making you feel. So if I'm not going in the right direction, let me know. You go in any direction you okay. want, girl. So first of all, you have to figure out, okay, so if you are addicted to sugar, what is it behind the sugar? So there are, there, I just read something yesterday that we spend over 300 million, or it was an insane number on diets and diet products because we're looking for easy, quick fixes. So people will be like, oh, I've just joined keto. I lost 30 pounds in 30 days. That's holding the beach ball underneath the water. I want to know what they look like a year from now, right? So whenever I work with people, I am like, I can't work with people that want quick fix solutions. I want this to become a lifelong habit. And one of the things you have to realize is what your habits are. So if you are tired and you're reaching for sugar and you don't connect those dots, you're going to keep reaching for sugar, right? Instead of, okay, I'm tired. I should have a nap. Or is it because I had a breakfast full of toast and bagels and crap that my blood sugar levels are going down? So I literally tell people to build a strong foundation. Like you have to notice, you've got to step out of yourself and notice what's going on before you can start to change the food. Whereas a lot of people change the food and don't figure it out. Now, sometimes you can change the food, but with awareness. Does that make sense? So change the food with awareness because then you realize how it's making you feel. And then you can say, wow, when I had this for breakfast, okay, this high carbohydrate meal, I felt this way. But the next day I had this for breakfast, say a high fat meal, and I felt this way. So then you start to empower and educate yourself. And then you come from a place of empowerment rather than being told what to do or trying to follow a meal plan. It totally makes sense. Back to today's episode in a sec. Today's episode is sponsored by my friends over at Perfect Keto, who is an awesome company that I've been working with over the last two years. And I love their commitment to quality, their ability to know what us keto people need because most of their staff are keto themselves. I use their products to stay into ketosis, burn more fat, extend my fast, and satisfy my sweet tooth. Now, if you're new to the ketogenic diet, Perfect Keto is a brand that you must know. All of their products help you get on the diet, make the transition easier 
have you experiencing ketosis a little bit faster with boosted energy so that you really start to benefit from ketosis and you don't get discouraged by all of the symptoms that can pop up if you're not supplementing with electrolytes or not having enough fat or still having too many artificial sweeteners. And my favorite part to this, guys, is when you're new to keto, you can often have that afternoon slump by supplementing with some of their products, specifically their exogenous ketones or their keto collagen and even a little bit of their MCT oil powder. You can help avoid that afternoon slump that we can often experience as we are transitioning to the ketogenic diet. Now, my personal favorite Perfect Keto products include their keto bars, almond butter brownie, has my heart. It is the perfect dessert. Exogenous ketones help to maintain my energy level and give my brain a certain edge that I need every day. And lastly, their nut butter is out of this world. Amazing. Stick that stuff in the freezer, let it sit for 24 hours and go to town. I use their stuff on a daily basis, sometimes multiple times a day. And if you go to perfectketo.com slash KDP, you can get 20% off their products and up to 25% off, a total of $34 off when you grab my favorites as a bundle. Again, that's perfectketo.com slash KDP. Okay, back to today's episode. Maybe a good example of this is when I realized why I loved candy. So when I decided that I no longer wanted to be um, a victim of diet culture and I, I wanted to do keto, but I wanted to do it in a way that felt good and I wanted to stop binging and feeling so much guilt and shame all the time, I bought about $100 worth of my favorite candies. And I opened up all the packages and I put them in containers and I put them in my pantry and I told myself, anytime you want candy, you do it, girl. It's here. You can eat it whenever. And yes, it was a period of about three days where I ate all of the candy. And then I realized, well, candy doesn't make me feel so good. I feel like hot garbage. But every time I reached for the candy and I gave myself full permission to eat the candy, I was feeling a sense of loneliness. Like anytime... I reached for that candy. I felt like I was lonely or I needed a pal or I needed to talk to somebody. And instead of doing that, I went toward the candy and I asked myself, why? Was there a certain situation in my life where candy was my pal or that maybe I have a really good memory of candy that, you know, ingrained in my brain? And I remembered a camping trip that my dad and I went on when I was probably five years old. And Dad loves these Canadian candies. You probably know Jube Jubes. Have you had them? Jube Jubes? Oh my gosh. Americans don't know what this is. So it's crazy. How could you not? They're so good. And so my dad bought a bunch of Jube Jubes. And instead of having actual food, we had Jube Jubes hidden in our pillows and Jube Jubes on the side of the tent. And anytime we wanted a snack, we ate Jube Jubes. And This is such a strong memory of my dad and I love him so much that I really feel like any time that I'm feeling lonely or I want to get back to that amazing time that we had like 30 years ago in a tent camping for the weekend, I go toward candy to feel that same feeling. Is that kind of what you're talking about? That's exactly it, right? And then then you eat the candy or in my case, it was cookies and cookie dough and homemade banana bread. That, That wasn't it. I didn't get what I thought I was going to get. And until you break and start to have these crazy conversations in your head, sitting there with like a food item going, why am I going to eat this instead of just eating it, right? So breaking that habit, breaking that pattern, 
and going deep. And sometimes it's painful. And so that's why a lot of us don't do that because it may open up. Like I'm working with a client where her father died and she's drinking Diet Coke because that was a memory they had together, right? And so we were talking about that and I said, I want you, I said, I don't need you to get rid of the Diet Coke today, but if, or whatever substance it is, but start to notice how it's making you feel, educate yourself and then realize it's not giving you that. Like go hug your, like, you know, remember a good memory or think of something else that connected you. But yes, it really, that is so key. And that is when you peel away the onion layers and you get deep and you realize that food does not fix anything. It doesn't bring back those emotions. So yes, perfect. Yeah. And it can be scary work, you know, for myself, I've been in a lot of therapy (laughs) and I've met with a lot of professionals. And do you recommend that if it's a really hard memory or or really challenging that people work with professionals to kind of dig deep into that work while having somebody there to help them? Oh, you know what? I think you have to find what works for you, right? So I'm definitely not a therapist. I really understand food. But if it's something that is deeper and absolutely go and get help, there's nothing wrong with getting help. I mean, I think at one point we may have thought we're weak if we go and get help. I think you're strong if you would go and get help because it's showing you that you want to work on yourself. You want to build yourself, right? You want to be better. And they have tools that you might not have thought about. So then you get to learn how to apply them. But I, yes, I I, I absolutely recommend with somebody who is going to almost make you feel a little uncomfortable because that's where the work is. And, And I wish it wasn't, but if you do have food addiction issues, it's not about the food. Yeah, completely. I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at healthful pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff. I think realizing that in my own journey toward healing myself from an eating disorder, I'll never forget the moment that I realized it wasn't about food. And it took me a long time to come to that realization. Like almost at the end of my experience with an eating disorder, did I say, wait, oh, this isn't about food or my body. Interesting. And I I get this a lot. And when when I meet people, especially that I'm so open with my experience now, having gone through it, and even when I was going through it, a lot of times, you know, when I was experiencing anorexia, people will be like, well, why can't you just eat? Or when I was bulimic, well, why can't you just not binge? Like, what's up with this? Why is it so hard for people struggling with a disorder or a blistered relationship with food to just act normal around food? I'm sure many people listening are like, yeah, I get told, like, why why don't you just act normal around food? Well, you know what? Again, if, if you don't have a food addiction, you don't understand that, right? So when you are binging, you are trans-like, you are trans-like, so you are in a trance. And you know, I just, I picked this up here and this sentence says, I remember on numerous occasions, whether eating an entire pie or top of ice cream or a whole tray of cookies, 
I was oblivious to anyone watching me. It was only years later that my sister and I would talk about this. It was a faint memory for me because for anyone who is a binger, you are transported to somewhere else. It is also something that you just don't want to admit to. That's binge eating. That's not overeating. That's becoming trance-like. Overeating is like, you know what? Some of us overeat. You're like, oh, well, I overate. You don't have the shame, the guilt, the I hate myself. Why did I do that? The trance-like feelings that happen. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So when somebody says just stop eating, it's like, well, just stop smoking. Just stop having alcohol. It's an addiction. And the thing that's hard about food is you have to keep eating. So it's not like you can just never eat again. So, and food is always available. So it's a real, it's like constantly having somebody put something in your face, right? And saying, so it's a lot of work and you have to be willing to do the work and go deep and and have fun with it. I also, I also say to somebody, because somebody was chatting with me yesterday, they said, it's such a struggle. And I said, change your word to an adventure. This is a, an adventure that I'm going to go on. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen. If you say struggle and you use all these like low energy words, it, it is going to feel horrible. So when I start to switch my words as to, you know, this is an adventure. This is a journey. I, I, my goal was vibrant health. Like I want to be so energetic and happy and amazing and that then it became exciting. I totally agree with you. And you mentioned um, switching your words, which I think is really powerful. And we chatted about that at the beginning of the recording. Do you feel like this is a good strategy for overcoming shame and guilt? Because there's, there's so much shame. Like you were saying, you didn't feel comfortable talking about your experience of you know late night binging on cookies with your family probably because it was a lot of shame around that. And I think what we were talking about earlier, you know, uh, seeking help and there being a lot of shame around seeking help or admitting that you do need help. How is one supposed to navigate that? Like is switching words a good way of releasing shame and guilt? Or do you have other tips for people when it comes to shame and the guilt? Well, I, I think, you know, sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. I tell people, you got to look in the mirror and you just got to go, I love you. So, you know, when I was a part of that, when I was bulimic, you know, basically you eat a ton of food and then you throw it up. And I can remember staring at myself going, I hate you. You're such a loser. You're such an idiot. And then I'm like, how, like, you would never say that to anybody. So then how do you move past those words? And then You know, I remember just people saying you have to love on yourself and you have to act as if you were already there. And that's really hard when you don't like yourself. So then you have to focus on, I love my toenails. I love, you just have to start small. This is at least, you know, what I did. And then I remember Saturday Night Live or something with with a smiley guy. I love me. I love me very much. So then I used to just have fun with it and say things like that. But I really believe thoughts become things. I believe that thoughts become things, then they become a habit. So you have to think about, so every time you hear yourself saying, I hate you, you're such a loser, you're fat, you're ugly, you know, why are you even here going, you know what? I'm amazing. I deserve to be here. I love myself. You have a purpose on this earth. And I would just start to say those words. And I'm like, I have children. I want to be here for my children. And I just kept saying them, food's not going to fix it. Food is not the problem. So, and then I just started to learn about shame and guilt and what they actually meant. And 
I honestly think the more educated and empowered you are, the better decisions you make. And you just, you don't know what's going to work. You just try new things until something sticks. And then as soon as it sticks, you realize, oh, there's this other thing that I could do. And then it changes. And I mean, that's part of the fun is, is learning. It is fun. Yeah. And you know what? I'll tell you, it is, my life is so much more fun not being controlled by food and sugar than it was when I was being controlled because it's, it's consuming and you are you like low energy. And I'm sure you did the same thing. Like I would eat four Snickers bars and then go work out for four, like two hours. Because I was like, it was the whole calorie in, calorie out, not the quality of the calories or anything like that. So like if you could go back and speak to your previous self, who it sounds like, you know, ate a bunch of cookie dough, cookies, felt shame, didn't want to talk to people about this experience. If you could speak to her, what's one thing that you wish you could tell her? You know what? It's so simple, but just you're enough. We are not perfect. We live in a society where only like so many things are just not real. And so you're always thinking that you're not enough. You're not perfect. You're, you don't have enough money. You're not thin enough. You're not beautiful enough. You're not doing enough. And so I was all, I was like, you know what? I am enough. And, And I know it sounds so simple, but you are enough. And then also growing up, I don't think we learned techniques, how to deal with emotions. So a lot of times, like, you know, you shove them under the carpet and there are much better strategies now and to teach them to your children and to learn them yourself of, you know, how to deal with pain when it happens instead of eating it or sadness or something. So I also would have said, so you are enough. And I wish somebody would have, you know, taken some time to teach me some things, but maybe they did and I didn't listen because <laughs> you're only ready to listen when you're ready to listen. It's so true. I I was thinking that the other day, like life would have been so much easier if, and it's like, well, no, because you don't know where you would have ended up. And I'm really happy where I ended up. And had I not experienced the things that I did, then I probably wouldn't be teaching these things. And I think it's really important to stay the course and realize that it all unfolded as it was meant to unfold. You know what? And I absolutely agree with you. I don't regret any of this because it's made me who I am. And I have such a story and experience to help others and be a shining light in their life. So all, you know what, it's, it's never a bad thing to go through pain. I agree. Tanya, where can people find more from you? So I have a website called Vibrant Living with Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A. And I have services on there and just all sorts of fun things in my book. I'm also on Facebook at uh, Vibrant Living with Tanya and Tanya Willis. And then my Instagram is moveyourbody45. So I am not too technically savvy with social media, but I do my best. Awesome. And okay, my last question (laughs) is, what do you think is missing in the keto space for women right now? Well, you know what? I hear this all the time and it's that it's a lifestyle and not a diet because so many of my clients and friends and whatever else, they'll say, I'm off keto. And I'm just like, why are you off keto? Like, there's so many great things about keto. Use what works for you and build it into your lifestyle. So if I could change anything, it would be to get out of that keto, any kind of diet mindset and find what works for you within keto, whether it's just adding in a a fat latte, adding some avocado to your salad, 
exploring some healthier snack options that are provided and just letting go of that mentality. I think that would be just amazing. Yes. I totally agree with you. I totally agree. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us about your experience. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.